What's happening, people? Welcome to another episode of Mustard MMA. Thank you very much for joining us. We've got a big card in the UFC this weekend. Big Matt, how you doing, my son? Back, fresh back from Bonnie, Scotland. A little trip at the weekend. I couldn't be fresher, Joe. I've been in 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm so stressed. How can it be so stressful um, just sitting down for five hours? It's, it's so knackering just sitting on a train for five hours. Very, very boring trip on the way back, but a cracking weekend. You ever been up there? No, I've, I've never been at all. I haven't been, Scott. You went um, Edinburgh, didn't you? I did, yeah. It's uh, the Mrs. 30th. So we had a little trip up there. That's where she's from. Nice, um, I'm nice. So trying to keep an eye out for LK for the entertainment. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, where is she? She needs to get back in the office, tell her. Well, well, well you soon, you'll find out in the entertainment section, wouldn't you? <laughs> no, I'd like to go, actually. I was, I was, there, there's a road trip. It's got the, is it the, I don't know, the North, the North 500 or something like that. But you basically go all around the edge of Scotland and I was like scenery wise and stuff like that. It's outstanding, isn't it? So I'd like to do it. It's just, just, just fucking freezing all the time, isn't it? Raining. It's, it's stunning up there, but you get four seasons within the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, crack, cracking time, cracking time. Happy to be back. Um, nice. Glad you enjoyed it. Um, yeah. I've got to get back for the pod, haven't I, Joe? Of course. Yeah. No, you've done well, to be fair. All credit to you. And I even kept you waiting. You were here before me and I was only downstairs. I went in Scotland, so... Oh, I was raging. I was raging. <laughs> well, fights, Joe. Um, you're going to have to sort of lead the way here. The weekend just gone. Cracking fights, so I'm told. I must admit, I haven't seen too many of them, so um, you have to throw them at me. How did it go down? Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone could blame you. Obviously, your, your, your partner's 30th. There are, there are certain things that come before it in life, but to be fair, you missed a pretty good car. We had a couple drop off. Uh, Rothwell, we, was, we were obviously... Chomping at the bit to see his performance in last week's pod. That got called off. And uh, Hebas, that fight got called off as well. So a little bit disappointing. But I must say, the main event, Marina Rodriguez. And I think I kept calling her Mariana last week. So apologies to Marina. But she was up against Michelle Walton. Short notice this one, obviously, because, again, main event, Dillashaw Sandagen got cancelled. So these two got bumped up. I think they were scheduled in the future. And they they kind of took this one on short notice, took the main event. They fought up at, like, almost... You know, it was uh, it, they fought with flyweight and they're both strawweight, so they just kind of just avoid all the weight cut and that. They did that, and do you know what? It was an absolutely tremendous fight. Rodriguez came away with a win, four rounds to one, probably fair enough. But I mean, Rodriguez is massive. That she's got the she's got the physical stature, and she's uh, Muay Thai. Muay Thai is nasty, and Watson's got her own style as well. But for the first three, it was kind of even. But Rodriguez was winning. She was landing more more impactful shots, and then. Fourth round, Watson comes out, takes her to the ground and kind of almost beats the shit out of her for, for a, a fair portion of the, of the round. So now you're thinking, right, if she can come out and get a, get a big 10-8 in the last, she's salvaged a draw from here and done herself a world of credit. As it was, Rodriguez showed that experience, a lot of my type experience. And she she done well to win that fourth round, to be honest. And she looks like she's going to be a scary prospect, even if she decides to carry on at flyweight, to be honest. So, yeah, Marina Rodriguez, you missed a good one, I must admit. 25 minutes. You know, you never know how this is going to go, short notice. But, yeah, fantastic. Can't fault it. Walterson comes away with defeat, but in a lot of ways, short notice, different weight class, done herself a, a ton of credit. She's just come out of nowhere, this Rodriguez, isn't she? I remember a couple of fighting against uh, Hebas. It's a name you sort of, like a middling name. You see it knocking around. Not really going to trouble the top 10. Don't know too much about it. And out of nowhere, she's right in the... Right in the mixer, Joe. I think he's in, like, in the top five now. And we all know about the straw weights and they're striking. There's some cracking matchups then, it seems. Yeah, big time, big time. I'm excited to see whoever she fights, really. It'll be 
gonna be a big test, but certainly physically, she's she's got advantages definitely. So yeah, interesting to see where that goes. And Walterson, like I say, kind of she's almost where she was before this fight in a way because of all the circumstances around it. So fair play. Someone else who obviously very impressed. We had Donald Cerrone looking to looking to turn that four fight losing streak around, and unfortunately he didn't. He's lost five in a row now. This was at 170 against Alex Morono. This was of course short notice itself. I mean this card was just absolutely pieced together on a shoestring in the end but yeah Sanchez dropped out Morono stepped up massive opportunity and he took it he KO's Cowboy in the first round don't get much better than that obviously you can say what you what you like about Cowboy and where he's at you know he's even said he, he's after the fight he's like you know I don't want to go out like this I want to go out I want to go back to 155 and get a win and end on a higher so that tells you where he is in his career. But nevertheless, for Alex Morono to get this on his CV, and I thought the way he took the fight on, really, because it's a bit of a cliche with Cowboy, isn't it? You start fast and he starts slow and you get the advantage of him. But, you know, he it, that really did tell in this fight. Yeah, I did actually see the highlights from this one. I caught it on the train, Joe. Caught it on the train, this one. Absolutely right. He just come out of the blocks, it looked like, <coughs> Morono, and just grabbed the opportunity with both hands. And that's what you've got to do. I mean, Cowboy, he's quite sad to see. What is he now? What, lost five of his last six or something like that. Um, where does he go? Where does he go from here? I mean, Dana can't keep him knocking around for too long. He's getting beatings like this. I mean, I saw the knockout. It looked pretty... He just looked shell-shocked when he got hit. He's just like... He's not a welterweight, is he, really? Let's be honest. No, no. It's, it is sad to see. He's an absolute legend. And he's certainly racking up the losses in, in recent times. But... Morono on the flip side, yeah, you've got to grab these opportunities with both hands, and, and he's done that. He's had a disappointing defeat. We, we finally figured out his last yeah. result last yeah. week. It took us about 20 minutes to this, but um, he, he's taken his second opportunity with uh, both hands, so fair play to Morono. So hopefully he gets uh, another big fight after this one. Definitely. He was pumped as well, so he, he seems like a good lad to me. He's a good character, so that was nice to see. Magny, Neil Magny up against Jeff Neil. Neil against Magny, Neil Magny, the fight of Neil Magny. Magny came away with a win. I said last week, and we put a quote out on Insta. This was a must-win for Neil Magny. If he wants to do anything, if he's got any hopes of a, sort of having that last big run, he's got to win this fight, and he did. You know, and it is, it is one of those ones with Neil Magny. It's difficult to say that his fights and performances are ever really that show-stopping or inspiring, but I think you've got to admire the way he handles people who have on paper much more physical advantages and a lot more technical advantages, to be honest, because Jeff Neal is a great striker, very, very powerful and very tech, like technical as well. And it's kind of, it is testament to Neil Magny that he can just kind of, you know, is he necessarily beating people and like really finishing it and like stamping his authority on it? No, but you know, it's a sport and it? he's three rounds. He, he wins these fights and it is a testament to him. So I don't know where you think Neil Magny could go from here, but, like I say, you do have to give him a lot of credit for what he does in there. Yeah, people get slated for their style, don't they? And it takes them a little longer to get to the, the title shots and the number one contender fights. It happened with Kamara Usman. It took him plenty and plenty of fights because people weren't... Yeah, yeah, it's true, yeah. Wrestling orientated uh, fight. He's obviously rounded out his game a little bit now. But Magni's of the same ilk, really. He's not particularly show-stealing, as you say, and he's not going to catch the eye of the casual and have a highlight reel on Instagram the next day. But you've got to give him credit. He's in the top, what, six, seven now. And, he, and he's on the on the cusp of them big, big names we were talking about last week. So one more, I think. No one's going to be clamoring to say fight a Covington or a 
a wonder boy or whoever, but you've got the yeah. likes of uh, Luke's and Chiesa's in there who he should be eyeballing next and the winner of those fights will, will crack on after that. Actually, I did think I see him sort of chatting some breeze to Chimaev, so that's always another little way in. I was going to mention it, yeah. There. So that, that should be a good fight, actually, star-wise. So, yeah, I, I like where his head's at. And I didn't actually see the fight, but judging by your description to me, it's just a, a Magni 101. It is, yeah. And I do like the Chimaya fight as well because, you know, like I say, it's a, that's a big fight for Neil Magni against a big, a big name. And it's not like he's going to get a title shot in the next two or three anyway. Whereas maybe if you go out and beat Chimaev, you might you might actually end up with a title shot there. Usman seems like he wants to run through people. He'd probably be happy to take Neil Magny on it. Really, it might be an interesting kind of fight, Usman up against Magny, star-wise. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't think he's ready yet. No, no. Well, I mean, who is who ready? Is, who is? Yeah. So, yeah, why not? So, like you say, he might be going for that record, trying to surpass GSP and whatnot. So, he's going to have to beat anyone who's thrown in front of him. But, yeah, do like the Chimaev fight. Someone else who did actually put on a highlight, and that was Gregor Gillespie, the gift, my top man, one of my favourites. We've been waiting for him to come back for 18 months now, is it, since he last fought? Might even be closer to two years. And he put on an absolute show against Diego Ferreira. And it, it was, you know, again, a testament to Gregor Gillespie. He went out there and he absolutely emptied the tank in the first round. Just a, just the, the first round, it's... Like it was spectacular, honestly. Is the, the grappling, the transitions, the speed, the the like intensity of it all was just amazing. Ferreira's like a bit of a beast. He came in overweight, didn't he? Sacrificed some of his purse, looked almost a weight class above, and landed good, good heavy shots on Gillespie. And he took them. And at the end of the round, Gillespie got up and he was wobbly, not because he took a punch necessarily, but he was gassed and he was done. And he came out, and he just, he just, he just poured him on it, poured it on him again. And Ferreira couldn't a- handle it at all. And Gillespie finished him. And this, this is why I was so hyped about him in the first place. This type of performance because it was just spectacular. And in the interview afterwards, they said to him, "You know, you looked, you looked done after that first round. Where did that second win come from?" And he was like, "Look, this is what I do. I knew that if I want to make him tired, I'm going to have to get tired. And then when I'm tired, I can only imagine how bad he feels." And I just thought that's that's a yeah that's a brilliant way to put it. That's 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 uh, one way of just going up a weight class or just steering clear of Gregor Gillespie. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that, that rest of mentality in it. Um, I did actually catch it. I caught the highlights as well. It was you described it brilliantly there, Jay. It was just emptied the gas tank. But it was very much a technical dogfight. Yeah, to call it. It was just so much tenacity but all all with technical uh, ability and some some great uh, ground skills there from both of them and at the end of the first round am I right in saying he was pretty much almost finished another 20 seconds that uh, Ferreira could have finished Gillespie and then flip the round later last tech, 10 seconds Gillespie's on top of him pounding him so yeah very impressive from what I see um what, what's his striking looking like Joe there's plenty on the ground I don't know if I missed it because I only saw the highlights has he improved there? Or was it just pure ground game we were talking about? No, he looked like he had improved. There were some stand-up moments. Like I say, Ferreira was heavy in there and he, he was landing the heavier ones. But you, I don't know. You wouldn't look at it and say Gillespie looked out of his depth at all. And maybe is he has he caught up with Kevin Lee after what Kevin Lee done to him? That was kind of a one-off, weren't it? Maybe he's still not there, ready to go five rounds kickboxing with someone. But, you know, he doesn't have to, does he? So... Probably, probably more room for improvement as there always is, but certainly 
looked looked adequate, to say the least. Yeah. So, so he's up there, Joe, with Stepe and uh, Jan Blachowicz for some of your top favourite boys. He is Who's next four in then, because it's obviously a stacked division. Who would you like to see Gregor get next? Yeah, tough one, tough one. Islam. Islam would obviously be that kind of uh, you know that dream star wise matchup. Maybe, maybe you keep them apart for the moment, yeah. and maybe maybe you can do that match higher up for a title or a title eliminator, something like that. Yeah, I don't know for Gillespie. Obviously, as but I think um, what well, these were both in the top ten to fifteen, so I think Gillespie probably going to move into the top ten. Yeah, I mean, oh, it, it, it's only killers from there, isn't it? Maybe the uh, Darius fight this weekend. Tony Ferguson can uh, can he fight the loser there? Mm-hmm. Maybe, or maybe even the winner, maybe. Uh, and it, yeah, you know, I was—I'd like to say maybe give him another one after such a long break off, but you can't now, can you? Now he's—he's um, he's good to see him get the win as well, just to put that ghost to rest. Oh yeah, he's been stewing on that for a long, long time. It was good that he got the rest as well, like physically, more yeah. than anything else. But mentally, he must have been stewing a little bit. Um, so yeah, it was good to see him getting a win, and he looked absolutely ecstatic at the end. So yeah, great to see him back, Joe. Nice one. Let's have a look at the news then for this week. We'll start with a fight announcements, as always, Matt. Alessio De Chirico against Roman De Lidzi, June the 5th. Cracking little fight, that one. Oh, yeah, he's been stitched up a bit here, De Chirico, hasn't he? He got that big, big win. He was set up to foul in the last one. Three, three losses on the bounce, and then uh, they just throw him uh, just an absolute animal. <laughs> so it should be an interesting one, but... He's done it once before, derailed a hype train. Can he do it again? Yeah, two more on that card, actually. You've got Walt Harris against Martin Tybura, which I'm a big fan of. We all want to see Walt Harris get those couple of wins together, don't we? And like I say, on the same card, Mason Jones has got a fight against young Alan Patrick. Oh, yeah, that, that classic Brazilian name, Alan Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> They've got some funny ones out there, and they? Johnny Walker, Alan Patrick, 37, Joe. So, uh, 37 years young, Alan Patrick. So he's well, not too quite good. So maybe a good acid test for Mason Jones to see if he's actually sort of ready for the UFC. Obviously, we, we know he is ready, but like he's a good veteran to fight. So you fully expect him to get the win there, Mason Jones. Um, tough out in last time, fight of the night when he first came in. So I, I fully expect him to go through Patrick here. And Walt Harris, of course, you've got, you got one him to do well. And the man who fought at the weekend got a win, and we didn't actually mention him, and that is Phil Hawes, put on a good... Good performance. Straight in, got another fight announcement against Darren Wynn, who's obviously a big wrestler, kind of a, kind of a mini DC in lots of ways. So July seventeenth, that'd be a nice little contest in there. Phil Hawes wins that one. He's up against he's up against ranked opponents from that point out. And it's been a while since we mentioned him, but the dentist, the dentist, Darren Stewart, he's getting that rematch against Eric Anders on June the twelfth. So hopefully, dare we say, he won't take him as 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 easily this weekend and. You know, hopefully he picks up a win here because I said before I thought he would win, and I do still think he's capable of doing so. Oh yeah, he, he, you've got to give him a mention, Joe. It's, it's not been the same without him, has it? It hasn't. I've missed it him. Going on, it was a bit of a weird one, wasn't it? That one. It was yeah. Where everyone was getting need on. Yeah, that, that mad two weeks. Yeah, and it, what was it? I think Bisping was saying that like he weren't training properly. Obviously things are changing in England now. So maybe he could get a proper camp under, under his belt and learn those lessons that he, he got away with one in that, didn't he? Let's oh, big time. Yeah. yeah. Anders was just, his IQ in that, his fire IQ there was, was not on. <laughs> no, um, no, not at all. Not at all. Like, About to finish the fight. I'll just kick yeah. him in the face while he's on the floor. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. So hopefully the Dante's, the Dante's, Darren, um, hopefully he can get it done this time. He's got all the tools, isn't he? Um, if you can learn yes. lessons and make a few tweaks, not be as wrong into a firefight. He didn't need to get into a firefight, very candid. So he can certainly get it done. So um, big shout out to the Dante's. And he put out a Snapchat, uh, Instagram story earlier asking what... Snapchat, what... you're going back there, son. <laughs> oh, brings back memories, doesn't it? Uh, so you put us... Uh, I almost said it again there. You put a little Instagram story out, trying to get trying to get some uh, talking points. And we we would be remiss if we didn't mention the one that is Edmund Shabazian, Jack Amanson, was scheduled to be on this weekend. Would have, do you know what? Having a look at that card, this fight would have set it off very nicely in here. And you probably would have been hoping, you know, we like Amanson and he's European, of course, but you're probably hoping for a nice Shabazian win here. That would set things up quite nicely in that division. As it is, this one's been called off. I think... I think they're going to do it in a couple of weeks, two, three weeks' time, something like that. So, like I say, it is a shame, but in the end, it might it might almost uh, improve a card that we've got coming up in, in a few weeks' time. Yeah, I mean, this card, I think it's taken a bit of a beating, sort of under-the-radar beating. Yeah. We're going to have Leon Edwards and Nate Diaz, and this is a massive fight in middleweight. Shabazzi, I think he, he lost to Big Brunson last time, didn't he? Yeah, I think he got stopped, didn't he? But before that, he was actually on a, a complete tear. He was just smashing it up. He got a head kick win in uh, MSG when we were there. And and obviously, Hermanson, he's he's a contender. He's he's up there all the time. So uh, I think you're right now. I think they were, if Hermanson wins, he's very much a win one, lose one sort of lad. I think if Edmund won, he would have sort of ruffled a few more feathers. We've got a few fresh matchups if he would have won. So it's a bit disappointing. But as you say, it's not. It's not off the, off the table altogether, just a couple of weeks. But yeah, disappointing for this week's card. Taking a bit of a hit, but... Only for someone else to uh, take the spotlight, Joe, in its place. So, Of course. All right, let's have a look at the entertainment section then with Lorraine Kelly, our girl. Have you brought her back down with you from the Scotlands? No, she won't no, have it, Joe. She did turn she up, no. It, but she's asked to send your, uh, her regards on to you <laughs> and to lead us with the entertainment section. Joe, what you got? All right, there's not a ton going on this week. There's, you've got the Dana White and Fabia things going on, but we don't want to lower ourselves to that. So we'll have a look at Dan Hardy. He put out a post in. He's asked to be released from the UFC officially. The, the the way that the UFC managed to tie people up for this long is, I mean, business-wise, I guess it's outstanding, isn't it? But just madness. He hasn't fought for like 10 years or whatever it is. But he's been asked to be released and it looks like he wants to go fight elsewhere. He mentioned Ryzen and one and stuff uh, in his post. And do you know what? I, I, I like it. I think probably... Dan Hardy, if he's going to make a return after all this time, you might be better off doing it in a in a promotion like that. I mean, obviously, maybe you look at that and think, well, the drug testing isn't great over there, so he might end up against a you know a monster. But maybe that's why he's doing it as well. You, you can never rule these things out. But what do you make of it? I I I hope they do release him. It seems silly to be holding him on. Uh, obviously, they kind of had that to do with his uh, commentary duties. He's not really he's not really on that anymore. So I think it makes sense all round. So let me get straight. He's just he's been released as a like analyst and stuff, and this is a separate contract from when he was fighting back in the day, like ten years ago. That's, is that right? Yeah, I mean, I think it relates to the fighting part. Yeah. Got... Well, he's if they're not going to give him a fight, what? Why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a prisoner, you know what I mean? So um, I don't think the UFC are too, particularly too fussed about him fighting anyway. I mean, they they rarely do it. Let's put it that way. These sort of um, 
what do you call it? Not a freak show fight, but sort of just sort of like a show busy fight. Yeah, yeah. They do it every so often. Obviously, you've got the CM Punk thing and all that. Uh, James <laughs> Tony when he come over. Hoist Gracie when he come back after years and years. Um, common theme there with all those lot, though, is that they're going to bring in big, big numbers. No offence to Dan Hardy. I love him. Massive fan. But I don't think he's going to bring in the big, big numbers. He's not going to headline a pay-per-view, is he? So um, I think they will be more than happy to let him go have an amicable breakup as it were and let him go fight somewhere else because he, he he's a big advocate of the, the asian mma scene and stuff like that and i think he'd be a good fit to be honest um so yeah i'd like to see him go over to rising as you say maybe steer clear of some of the, the, the bigger juice heads there so <laughs> might be a bit of a shellacking. maybe he wants to go to bellator and have a rematch for rumble who knows <laughs> yeah rumble of course picked up a win one for him there's i, I do like his analyst work and stuff like that, but I don't. Know, it just don't seem to be working out in the UFC, does it? So hmm. yeah, let let him uh, explore elsewhere. Go with one something like that. Because I think he could do a good job and let let him get his last fight out of the way. Because it didn't end on his terms, did it? So he's thirty eight now. Let him do it and uh, let bygones be bygones, Joe. Yeah, on Rumble he actually won, didn't he, last week? Almost I got finished. I, I, do you know what? I completely oh, yeah. forgot there was a bell. So how did, how did it go down? Yeah, the young lad turned up, almost stopped him in the first round, and then Rumble came back and sparked him with one hit. Really? Yeah, yeah, almost got done. So quite yeah, interesting. Fair play, fair play to the geezer. Fair play to the geezer. So maybe Dan Hardy does fancy. He's seen a <laughs> yeah. yeah, perhaps, perhaps. And obviously you had the, um, Ujima calls it, Fabrizio Verdun got finished. Uh, and then they since today, I believe, rescinded that because there's very slow-mo footage of him in the first round with the bloke in a guillotine or something like that. And the, the guy appears to tap twice on his shoulder. Uh, but he's, he tapped twice and then just started punching him in the face <laughs> and, then, and, and got out of the choke and then subsequently went on to finish for Doom. Uh, but they've, they've turned it over. It's a no contest now, which was interesting. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. You don't seem to get these in the UFC. They're normally just like, yeah, whatever. It happened. It happened. Carry on. So, yeah, and that was um, PFL, of course. That was the doom, wasn't it? So, shout out oh, to them. Oh, yeah. So, a lot of, lot of uh, former UFC champions gone over to other organizations and not done too well of late. <laughs> no. The doom. Uh, yeah. There are others. So, it just shows you there's, there's a lot of talent out there. It's not all about the UFC. So, yeah. Yeah, no. Fair play. Fair play to them all. That's your news then. Lightweight title is on the line in the UFC this weekend. Charles Oliveira up against Michael Chandler. Caused a little bit of a split among among the public and the fans out there when this one got announced about whether it was the right one to make. But nevertheless, here we are. It's at the weekend. I am buzzing for it. I'm, I'm on Team Oliveira. I want to see him get the job done. I think it's going to be a fantastic fight. You've got so many questions here. Chandler. What what was going on in that first fight? Is that what he's going to do? Come out and do every time, or was that did every did the stars align to create that moment for him against Danuka, Oliveira, an absolute stalwart of the UFC, been on a tear, got a shot, kind of not out of nowhere, but you know, again, stars have aligned in a way for Oliveira to get this shot, and he could be he could be the lightweight champion, the first one since Khabib, couldn't he, at the weekend? So I'm absolutely pumped for this one. You've got the odds there as well, Matthew, odds-wise. I mean, I think it's yeah. difficult to call. Would you say you Chandler is the favourite based on titles elsewhere? Bigger name, perhaps? Knocked Dan Hooker out on his debut, all that stuff? 
Um, well, Joe, Joe what, what's what, what do you reckon? You think Chandler then? Make you think. Well, I think that I think they're probably both odds on. Maybe you're looking at like a four to six, something like that. So you got uh, your, your boy, the Bronx. He's a slight favourite, Joe. Eight to eleven. Is he really? Around eleven to ten, and it's it's a difficult one, this, isn't it? We haven't seen a lot of Chandler, um, but what we have seen is pretty spectacular. Uh, Oliveri, like you say, so he's one of those. He's, he's always there, almost journeyman esque. Mm. He's always been about. He's been there so long. You just don't think he's ever going to get the shot. So it's it's always one of them. But he's had a last. What was it? Eight wins in a row. You got. You can't ignore that and that experience in the cage and stuff like that. But is he ever fought on the main event for a title and such? It's going to be ex- big jump, isn't it? There. Am I right in saying that? I think I've got that right. Um, that's a complete guess. Edit it out. I think, yeah, I'll go along with that guess. I think, yeah, yeah. We'll, right, I'll so like 75,000. 75, Squeeze a few in. 75,000. That's mental, isn't it? Yeah, wasn't it? It was the biggest gate at the stadium or for boxing or something, wasn't it? It was like record so setting. To do it during the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I digressed. You've got to look at that. Eight, fight win, uh, eight wins in a row. Fantastic. But then, uh, then you start looking at the, the, the people he's fought. Obviously, you can't disparage any of the wins. They're all fantastic. Up until the last couple. Kevin Lee, very, very up and down. Tony Ferguson, we'll get to him in a minute, but hasn't looked great, has he? And I'll keep looking back going down to that Felder loss. He lost to Paul Felder. He got absolutely battered by Paul Yeah, Felder. he did. Elbows for days. <laughs> and I think Michael Chandler, he's... Um, NCAA Division One wrestling champion. This is going to be on the feet. This fight, Joe, and I think Chandler. He's got so much power in his hands from what I've seen. He started knocking people out left and right in his last few fights. We saw what he did to Dan Hooker. I think this is going to be standing, and I think we're going to see Michael Chandler here do exactly what he did against Dan Hooker and come flying out of the blocks. I think Oliveira is not going to be out again. Uh, get him to the ground. I think Chandler's probably bigger than Oliveira as well. We've seen Oliveira down at featherweight before. I think we're going to see a knockout here and a, uh, a new anyway, but a very, very new UFC star in Michael Chandler. I love, I love everything he's Big been call. doing. I, I think he's, he said all the right things. He's Even the Ric Flair promo? You're you still supporting that? Oh, God, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Charlie. Yeah. Go on, Charlie. I, I want, don't get me wrong. I want Oliveira to do well because he's one of those. He's like, he's put the groundwork in. He deserves this, you know what I mean? But, um, there is plenty of time for Oliveira. I just feel Charlie. He's 35 now. He has to do it now. And I think he knows that time's against him. And I think he's going to come in like a bat of hell uh, and, and get that, add that UFC belt to his collection. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to have to disagree with you there. I mean, I do think, I do think that's the money bet when you look at those odds. Obviously, not great either way, is it? But Charlie's definitely the one worth a shout. I, I think they will end up on the floor and Oliveira will submit him. I don't think Oliveira is going to uh, launch a double take and run through and turn the corner and take him down with a proper proper takedown. But I think there will be some sort of scramble, some sort of scrap, and they're going to end up on the floor. And I think Oliveira's... I just think he's so sharp. What is he, most submissions in the UFC, Oliveira? Yep. yep. I, just, I, just think he's going to, I just think he's going to catch him. I think I think maybe, maybe with Charnam is a lack of... So I don't want to say a lack of quality opponent, because that would be disrespectful, but... There's not a lot to go on, is there? No, it's not a ton. It's not a ton. And with the on Oliveira's form, the way he's all put it together now, obviously he has transformed himself from a journeyman to a well-deserving title contender to be mentioned amongst it. And I just I just think the sharpness 
and the intensity of Charles, as long as, like you mentioned, good point, can he deal with a big spotlight and stuff like that, first main event, possibly, I don't know, but certainly of a pay-per-view. So if he can, I I, I think, yeah, I think over like five rounds, Oliveira's going to get a chance. Are these the two best lightweights in the world at the minute? No, I think Dustin Poirier is the best one, but I think whoever wins this will be second best and would the fight against Poirier would make sense, I think. I think that's probably fair right now. Yeah, I, I, I think it, after a lot of thought, I think I was a little bit ugh, about it initially, and I think a lot of people were as well. But as we said, I think even when it was announced, when it got to fight week and stuff, I knew I'd be pumped for it. And I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I know, I think they've gone the right route here. There's no recent memory of either getting choked out by the, the departing champion. Yeah, makes sense, doesn't it? Right marketing move. And by the time Poirier's fighting the winner of this, It'll probably knock McGregor out twice. So they yeah, yeah. That. So, yeah, good, great fight. I think the fact that me and you are sort of uh, have dispar- um, a bit of disparity in our pick shows you what a good fight it is and um, what a cracking main event we've got at the weekend. Absolutely, and some more lightweights on here as well. I wonder where we're going to go here. Tony Ferguson up against Benil Darius. Tony Ferguson needs this one, desperately needs it to stay alive in this division. If he doesn't win this one, you know, it's 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 curtains almost for him. And Benil Dariush, you know, maybe Benil Dariush is an example of how it, it won't be curtains because he's he's been up and down, hasn't he, in the past? And he's been on a tear now. So this one is, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really looking forward to seeing how Benil, Benil Dariush gets on. You know, this is a big opportunity for him. Uh, co-main event, isn't he, on a, on a massive card. You've got the title fight in your division fighting after you. So huge opportunity to kind of blend those moments. You knock out Tony Ferguson and then, the title fight's right there, and I'd love to see Benil win this fight and get a title shot afterwards. What a turnout that would be. You could have Benil Dariush against Charles Oliveira for the lightweight title, and it's like it'll be like five years ago, that'd be like you're living in some parallel universe. Yeah, that's, that's your prelim headliner, right? There, right? <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, uh, what, what do you think the odds are, Joe? It's interesting, isn't it? Because it's, it's more sort of... Um... Some odds could be going based on the name rather than the actual uh, recent form of people. So it's interesting to see which way the bookies would go with this. So what do you think? Definitely, definitely. I would say they've probably gone for Ferguson's name value in this one and made him a slight favourite. But given his recent form, I don't think they're giving us too much. Yeah, I think they're a little bit more savvy now, the old bookies with MMA. So you've got Darush. Uh, Darush? <laughs> Darush is on fire. Yeah. Eight, eight to 13, Joe. Uh, okay. Five to four, so they have taken into account his uh, recent form and yeah, age interesting. And he's just not been at the races for the last what eight rounds, nine yeah. rounds, whatever it may be. So I'm with you on here. He's 37. He hasn't looked great for a long time. Even in his wins, he's gone through adversity against Cowboy Banata back in yeah. every single fight, apart from the RDA fight, which was a long, long time ago. RDA's been up and down from welterweight and lightweight three or four times. <laughs> yeah. I think Ferguson just hasn't looked the same. I, I would love him to somehow get a win here or even, obviously, I don't want the main event to drop out, but for one of them to drop out into to get into the main event and actually win the, the title this yeah. somehow, something like that. Who knows? But I think that's my heart ruling my head there. And I think Dariush, he, he's, he's younger. He's got, the, he's got fantastic grappling credentials. We've seen him knock people out. And in the last two fights, we've seen Tony Ferguson get out grappled or, or out striked in the one before that. 
Yeah, think, both, yeah, yeah. I, like I say, I think I'm letting my heart warm my head a little bit when I'm thinking this. I've been wanting Ferguson to get the start for the last 10 years. But the time's gone, I think. I would love it to happen, but I think the time's gone and the time's for Dariush. I mean, fair play to Ferguson for fighting Dariush because no one else wants to fight him. He's not a sexy name. No one knows him. And he's one of the <laughs> scariest lightweights in the world. And he's got all the tools. So it, I would love him, either of them, to get the win here. But I've got to go with you here, Joe. I think Dariush, I think he'll get a decision. I can't see Ferguson getting stopped. But I think uh, Dariush here, he can make a statement. But again, could the spotlight, like the main event, cause a big rabbit in the headlights moment for Dariush? Probably not. But that's another thing to factor in. But yeah, Dariush for me. Yeah, and I wouldn't blame you if you went where you were at and, and went for Tony Ferguson. Like in a way, if Tony Ferguson did get the win here, it would almost epitomise his fights that you just mentioned, coming back from adversity and last-minute wins, last knockings, throwing up a triangle. And for him to go on this run and win this fight, it would kind of be a mirror image of that. So obviously that's quite a romantic way to look at it, isn't it? But difficult not to with Tony Ferguson. He was... You know, held such high promise for such a long time. He was the one that beat Khabib. And yeah, it's just just never happened really, did it? What, five times that got cancelled. So it's a shame, really. It is a shame. Um, but we, we will have a, a better idea of the future of the lightweight division in a few days' time, won't we? We'll have a, Big time. a lot clearer path. Big time. All right, then. Yeah, decent card this weekend. Jack Ray's on here as well. He's, he's got a tough fight, actually, against uh, Muniz. But featherweights, Shane Burgos, Edson Barboza. Barboza looking to get a couple of wins in a row, I think, with this one in featherweight division. And Burgos, obviously, coming off that fight of the year uh, contender last time against Josh Emmett. I think he won three or four in a row before that. I mean, it's going to be fireworks. I would expect Burgos to just be too resilient. I've, I, I think they're going to come out and just fight each other. Oh, it's in the middle of the I octagon. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. I they don't tickling each other. <laughs> but I expect them to just go at it. Kicks, punches, elbows, knees, the lot. And I think probably in that, in a war of attrition, as that might be, Shane Burgos edges it against Edson Barboza at this stage. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I've gone the other way here, Joe. I think Barboza, Burgos, looking at his record, he does lose to the sort of... He, he's got a lot of wins, a lot of impressive wins. I really like Burgos. one of the most exciting fighters to watch, bar none. He does lose to those upper echelon lads that we see. We see, like you said, Emmett. Uh, there's another one. Name escapes me. Uh, Calvin Qatar, yeah, of the division. Yeah, and, uh, Edson Barboza. I think he's been a little bit unlucky. His record at featherweight has been a bit uh, dicey, but I think he's been a bit unlucky. That Danny gay one could have gone in. Yeah, I think he was unlucky against Felder. He got a bit of a dodgy, dodgy decision there, and he's only full animals. So I like him. He's the outsider here as well, Jay. He's eleven to ten. Okay, eight to eleven. I think there's there's a lot of these coin flips in there. So it's just whichever. Whichever way your heart swing and go with it. So, but I, I like Barboza here. And then lastly, just a shout out to Mike Grundy. Hopefully he's finally going to get a chance to fight this weekend. He got he got cancelled, didn't he, a couple of weeks ago, COVID-related issues. And again, a man, a man we mentioned not too long ago, Land Over Natter. We briefly discussed it when this, this fight got announced. It's, I think it's a cracking fight for Grundy. Land Over Natter, big name. And you said quite rightly so when you think about it, Land Over Natter, he has got a big name. But it's almost for like putting on valiant displays in the face of defeat in a lot of ways, isn't it? Vanatta hasn't never really kicked on. He, got, he turned up, gave Tony Ferguson all that trouble, lost and never really kicked on from there. But for those reasons, because Vanatta is so exciting and stuff like that, Mike Grundy, I think it's a huge opportunity for him here on a, on a pay-per-view card. I think, you know, after his bad luck, he's got 
He got one win in the UFC, one loss, isn't he? Evloev last time out. So that was a tough one. But I think now, win over here against Van Natter, he can quite rightly be asking to go against top 15s. So let's just get it over and done with and uh, make a run through it. And hopefully he does. Obviously, we spoke to Mike Grundy before. He was a guest on the previous incarnation of the podcast. He's a top bloke. Pleasure, pleasure to speak to him. So all behind Grundy here. And I think he's got the uh, tools to get it done. Favourite? I mean, I wouldn't know. Odds wise, where this one's going, to be honest with you, Matthew. Oh, well, you mentioned it before, Joe. Uh, it's one of them cop out odds where they're, where they're both odds on. Yeah, yeah. So basically, the, the, the bookies can't bother to. Yeah. <laughs> so, but what, what are you going to do? But you're right. Yeah. Grundy, he's, he's got a favourable matchup here. I think you've got a flashy striker, Van uh, a fantastic fighter in, in his own right. But yeah, that, that's all. It's, he's, he's sort of living off that Tony Ferguson debut. A little bit, isn't he? Yeah. Quite some flashy striker, but Grandy man, he's a fucking animal wrestler, and his hands are getting better as well. So I think he's a good fight, and I think he's had a bit of bad luck in it. So he, he, he needs absolutely to turn around. Evloev's and the future of this division in my eyes. So and he, he hung in there against him. So I think Mike Grandy, good luck to the geezer. Hopefully he gets it done. That wraps us up this week, then Matthew. Been a cracking episode. Looking forward to this one at the weekend. Thanks for listening. Check out our socials as well. Thanks for getting involved in all your interactions. Uh, Twitter is Mustard MMA. Instagram is at the Mustard MMA. Check out mustardmma.com for all your blogs. A couple of those went up recently. Actually, one of them involved the uh, lightweight division and the title fight this weekend. So pretty relevant at the moment. It must, must read, read definitely. Weekend, so check it out. Go check it out. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Laters. Bye.